show that one of us wanted to watch again and the other one missed entirely i'm ryan and i have almost not missed buffy season two and i have and i'm Brittany, and i have not missed it i know I'm, it's I'm, i, I it's really did confused. the intro differently because we're at the season finale Woo! huzzah yeah. one episode one season rather closer to angel yeah we only have one more season to go I'm so excited. So we are going to do one long episode for the finale because it's a two-parter. Episodes 21 and 22. Becoming. Angel plots to revive an ancient demon bent on sweeping everything on Earth into hell itself. Which I assume just means the basement of Sunnydale High. I mean, that's where the hell mouth is. Yeah. So that's where it's all got to go through. Uh, I am excited. Yeah, it it's lots of lots and lots of angel. I'm very very excited. It's a two parter. These are both rated above nine. Get Willis first spell. Oh good. Well, no, she's already done her first spell. Well, she's she gets kind of done a spell. You yeah. get Willis first big spell. She did a ritual. Her eyes change colors. That's cool. Hopefully, it's done well. So as we get ready to watch the finale, we are going to try to recap Buffy season two and we're gonna go in episode order we're gonna see how well Brittany actually remembers this season I'm just gonna give her the episode number and title and we're gonna see how quickly she can recap each episode for you so if you have not been watching along with us you heathens (laughs) you can very quickly catch up ready sure all right so the premiere for season two episode one when she was bad what happened that was when Buffy sexy awkward danced with Xander. Um, honestly, I don't remember what else happened in that episode. That was no, she smashed the master's bones because they tried to bring the master back by kidnap- kidnapping everyone who was there when he died. Yep, I believe this is also at the end when the anointed one dies. Maybe that's no, the spike's not in that later. episode. But uh, she has the recurring. Nightmares. Right. The premonitions. And right. she is not in Sunnydale when it starts. Yeah. She has to comes come back. back from LA. Episode two, some assembly required. Oh yeah, that was the weird zombie putting dead people together to make a zombie bride for the dead dude. Yes. They attempt to create the perfect girlfriend for a teenager who's been brought back from the dead. We have uh, plenty of Angel and Buffy. And we have Giles getting dating advice about courting a modern girl like Miss Jenny Calendar. Yeah. Episode three, School Hard. That was the parent-teacher conference night or whatever when we meet Spike and Drew. Yes. And it's incredible. And it also was uh, Principal Snyder putting the worst students in charge. Buffy and whatever that other girl's name was. She's a vampire now. Yes. We never see her again. I don't think. But we get Spike and Drusilla. Yep. Episode four, Inca Mummy Girl. 
It's all in the name. Yeah, the, there was a mummy who kissed people, or well, I guess men, but could have been anyone. It was mostly men that she kissed, because that's the day that they lived in. Um, and she took their youth to make yeah. herself younger. And, and stay alive. Xander was under her spell. And we met Oz. What? And we met Oz. And we met Oz. Episode 5, Reptile Boy. Don't watch that one. Goodbye. <laughs> that was the one with the reptile under the... In the basement of the frat house. Yes. That the monster is correct. Thing. Cordelia continues dressing like a frat boy. Right. Episode 6, Halloween! That was with, um... Ethan owned the Halloween store and did a spell and everyone became their Halloween costumes. Yes. And that is also when we realized that Xander remembers all of his military soldier. Well, that was from his military. Oh, this is when he got them. And then he remembers them later. Okay, so episode seven is Lie to Me. That was the... Oh, that one was with Ford, right? Yes. The one, yeah, where Buffy's friend comes to Sunnydale. He has a brain cancer or brain tumor or something. And wants to become a vampire. Yeah. To live forever. And he's got his own cult that's trying to join with him. Yeah. They all want to become vampires. It's a whole thing. Yeah, we meet Lily for the first time. Episode 8, The Dark Age. That was the one about Giles. Yes. Like, some, they summoned a demon when they were younger, and it, like, basically was coming back to haunt them almost. Yes, Ethan Rain is in this. Yeah. Um, Jenny... Becomes a demon. Gets possessed and becomes a demon, briefly. Episode 9, and then episode 10 is the two-parter, What's My Line? So episode 9, you Mm -hmm. remember what happens in the first part? Yeah, the assassins try to kill Buffy, Mm -hmm. because Drew, no, not Drew, Spike summons them, or whatever, because he wants Buffy out of the way, I assume, so that they can restore Drew's strength. Yep. And we meet Kendra at the end. And we meet Kendra at the end. Uh, they do a nice twist where we thought she was an assassin. Turns out she's a slayer. This is also Career Week episode. Oh, right. When the... Yes, this is the episode where Willow meets Oz. Yeah, where Willow time. and Oz finally meet and speak. And Buffy realizes she That's has important no to us, job not prospects. actual. Not important to anything else, <laughs> but it's important to us. And then part two... Um, we save Angel. Yeah. From dying. <laughs> And then he gets kidnapped again. And then we save Angel from dying again. Yep. Yep. That's, uh, <laughs> Basically. That's right. We also uh, meet the greatest character. I was going to say Willie the Snitch. Willie the Snitch. He's in both of those episodes. Willie the Snitch. It's possible he's in this episode. I don't know. We'll find out. This is also where Kendra mentions that there is a book. The Slayer Handbook. Yeah. Slayer Handbook. And Buffy knows nothing about it. And that's a big part. Episode 11 is Ted. It's about Ted, who is dating <laughs> Joyce. <laughs> Buffy thinks she murders a guy. Yes. But he's not a guy, he's a robot. He's a he's person turned Possessing people with robot. cookies. Yeah. Episode 12, Bad Eggs. Again, don't watch this one, it's dumb. Yes, this one was very bad. It was the, the don't have sex because you'll get pregnant and die episode. Yes. Uh, however, we did get cowboy vampires. Yes, we did get cowboy vampires. And then they had to go kill a thing in the basement. Yeah, Buffy killed hers with scissors or a letter opener, and Xander killed his with boiling water. <laughs> if it works, it works. <laughs> 
Episode 13, surprise! Buffy's birthday. Buffy's birthday. There was the bad sex at the end. Yes. I mean, we don't know if it was bad, but it was bad sex at the end. And we have the puzzle box known as the judge. Right. Does he get put together at the end of that one, or is it the end of... No, it's the end of that one, because that it's the beginning of the next one. The beginning of the next him. one, episode 14, Innocence. Innocence is where we get jealous. Yes. He's not innocent. He's lost his soul after experiencing a moment of true happiness, and the judge says, hey, he's a vampire, not a person. He's, he doesn't have a soul. So, yeah. And the judge dies at the end, right? And the judge dies at the end via rocket launcher. I'm still mad about it. This is the episode where Xander remembers all of the train. I believe it was in Surprise we learned about uh, Jenny's past. So, And then in Innocence we really started to dive into it. We learned that Jenny, yes. Jenny was Jana. Buffy found out at in Innocence. In Innocence. Then it started in Surprise. Yeah. It really should have been a one and two parter, but here we are. Right. Now for something completely different. Episode 15... Phases. That was the one where Oz is a werewolf. Oz is a werewolf. He gets turned into a werewolf <laughs> by his baby <laughs> nephew. Yeah. And we do get that brief moment of Angelus and Oz werewolf. Oswolf? Where Oz? Where Oz? Angelus and where Oz squaring off and not wanting to fight each other. Yeah. Episode 16, Bewitched, Fathered, and Bewildered. That is the Valentine episode, right? Yep. The one where Xander... Where Cordelia breaks up with Xander, Xander's mad, so he wants revenge, Amy and Xander do a spell, and it makes everyone, well, all of the females, I suppose, obsessed with Xander. Yep. Except Cordelia. Yep. Cordelia is not, does not want to break up with Xander, she still loves Xander. Yes. And they get back together at the end. And Spike, Drusilla, and Angelus get into some shenanigans. Usually. Usually. That's it. Most episodes, and If they're in it, that's every episode. Yep. Episode 17 is Passion. That's the one where Jenny dies. Jenny dies. And there's a very important floppy disk. And somehow Giles is not in jail. Episode 18, Killed by Death. Uh, Buffy gets the flu. Mm-hmm. And saves children from a demon that sucks the life out of them. Yes. It's not a great episode, but there's a lot of important moments. Even if the important moments aren't good, they're important. Yep. Episode 19, I Only Have Eyes for You. The best episode ever. (laughs) Watch it. It's the one where the ghost of the dude and his teacher... Yes. um, ...are haunting the school because he is trying to relive the past because he murdered her, quote-unquote, by accident... And he is sad about it. Yes, and then um, Buffy and Angelus get possessed and relive the whole thing. Buffy shoots Angelus. Correct. Which was probably very cathartic. Yeah. Episode 20, last one, go fish. Hunting gets jacked up with steroids that turn them into fish monsters. Yes, it is. uh... A la Wentworth Miller, thank you. Yes, and Wentworth Miller's there. Xander joins the swim team. Everything does not go well, and eventually the, the fish monsters actually remain fish monsters and escape into the ocean. Never to be seen from again. And that's what you missed on Buffy. That was my glee joke. I Well, I was trying to make it into a better glee joke, but okay. it was 
Do you want me to give it to you again? You try again? No, because it's going to be too loud and screechy, and I don't want want to listen to that on it. Or try to wake up children. Yeah. I thought about it. Here we are at the end of season two. We're ready to watch this. Anything before we jump in? Cordelia has been kidnapped four Four. times. Four and a half. Four and a half times. So she needs... So, yeah, I need uh, one and a half kidnappings here. I don't know what that means or what that looks like, uh, but for the prediction of six Cordelia nappings over the course of the season. I mean... We'll see what happens. Yeah. I know that Kendra's back. Like, to be honest, I remember exactly what happens at the end of this episode. I remember... The episode or the whole finale? Like, the whole finale. And I remember that Kendra comes back, and I remember what happens there, but I don't remember much like of the specifics how, along yeah, the way. Yeah, like how it gets there. Gotcha. Well, we're going to go find out. So, watch along with us. It's got to be good. It's the finale, and it's in the nines for ratings on IMDb. So, we will be right back. And we are back. We have finished part one of the Buffy season two finale, Becoming. That was a pretty good episode of television. Yes. It was a pretty good episode of television. I don't know if it was the best episode of the season Mm -hmm. because it's a cliffhanger and it's all setting up for the second part. Uh, But top to bottom, that was pretty good. Yeah. I would give it a nine at least. Yeah, it's like eight and a half, nine. Yeah, eight and a half. So you said before that you remembered how this ended, but didn't remember all the specifics of the interim. Mm -hmm. So how well did you remember this? Once I got started, pretty well. Uh, Like all the flashbacks and stuff. Like once, basically once a scene started, I was like, oh yeah. I remember that. Gotcha. You remember this. You remember that. Yeah. Well, let's um, try and hit the high points of this because we still have another episode to watch to finish off this episode of I Missed It. Mm-hmm. So let's start with the flashbacks because we have our angel sighting right off the bat mm-hmm. and it is in Ireland. We see a lot of flashbacks in this episode. Finally, mm-hmm. you get the angel flashbacks that you've been talking about and looking forward to. Yeah. Um, we have four flashback scenes in this episode one is ireland and we watch angel get turned which is also the first time we see a vampire get turned yeah um and then we see angel and drew meet in london sometime later and then we see angel's soul being restored in (laughs) romania and then we see angel in new york city in manhattan uh, a few years before Buffy starts. Maybe not even a few years. Maybe just a year before the TV show starts. Yeah, it'd be like two, probably, before the TV show starts. Those were the most interesting part of this because I've known to look forward to them because you've been talking about them. Yeah. We learned a lot. Yes. But the most important thing we learned is that David Boreanaz cannot do an Irish accent. Yeah. It's so bad. Yeah. It just kind of becomes a thing, and he is very aware that it's bad. 
just lean into it. Yeah. But he was wigged, too. They wigged <laughs> him to be Angel in the flashbacks. And that wig isn't good, either. <laughs> no, it's really not. It's a very bad wig. It's such an obvious wig. <laughs> which is crazy, because he looks awful in these flashbacks. Yeah. But they made... Um, What's her name? The vampire who turned him. Darla. Darla, thank you. But they made Darla look incredible. Yeah, well... A vampire who fits in. Before Darla became a vampire, she was a hooker. Well, there you go. She knows what she's doing. Yeah. But it struck me as slightly strange that they let that vampire work so well and fit in so well. And then they're like... Yeah, David Boreanaz is kind of a man out of time because he can't do accents, so he's going to stick out like a sore thumb everywhere. Yeah. Everything else historically made sense. And then they had Juliet Landau as uh, pre-vampire Drew, Mm -hmm. and she was, again, very good, but she fit the time period. Mm -hmm. It was just an interesting series of choices. Yeah, I also don't know if it's just because of the way that David Boreanaz looks. Like, he just looks very modern. That's true. Like, as a human. Especially with the hair. Yeah. So it's harder, I feel like, to make him blend in. Also, um, I I watched some, like, Angel reunion thing, and David Boreanaz talked about... He talked about the bad accent, but he also talked about... The day that Joss Whedon offered him Angel, like pitched Angel to him and said, hey, we want to do a spinoff. Oh, the show, not the character. Yeah, the show. And apparently it was during this episode. Because he talked about how it was when he was being the priest in the confession scene. So in this episode is when Joss Whedon. So they knew a full year ahead of schedule Mm -hmm. that they were going to try for it. Yep. Other things we learned in the flashbacks. Uh, I did not know that Drew was having visions before she became a vampire. Mm-hmm. If they had mentioned that before, I have forgotten about it or missed it. But that was, was interesting because I assumed it was connected to her going crazy somehow and becoming a vampire somewhere in all of that process. It awoke something within her mm-hmm. or whatever, and it's why the visions don't make sense. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was part of that whole process. I didn't realize that she had this before. Yeah. So that's very interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I don't honestly think that I could have, like, pulled that out and said that, but when it happened, I remembered that. So many things happened in this. The long and short of it is that a a demon named Akathla is pulled out of the stone from some dig... Outside Sunnydale, and Angel figures out that they can reawaken this demon and suck everything in the world into the hell dimension. Yep. You know, normal demon things. Angel tries to do the ritual, needs to to awake him to pull the sword from the stone and awaken the demon so that all of this can happen and the apocalypse can come about it doesn't work angel tries it doesn't work and now they've kidnapped giles because he can figure it out yep uh kendra showed up kendra did show up she's dead now 
Yes, Drew. Drew killed Kendra. Drew killed Kendra. And I assume they did this on purpose. When Drew walked into the library and started mesmerizing Kendra, mm-hmm. I assumed, and I don't know if the writers were going for it or not, but I assumed that Drew was mind controlling her somehow with some vampire powers that we don't know about to take her back so that Kendra could pull that sword out. Yeah. That's what I assumed was happening. Okay. So when Drew just killed her with her fingernail, which was just real cool. Yeah. It was just real cool. Uh, Drew killed her with her fingernail. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, okay. Well, I guess this is not the one we wanted. Your princess is in another castle. Let's go kidnap Giles. Yeah. Yeah. Kendra's very dead. Yep. But her stake is not. No, Buffy has Mr. Pointy. Mr. Pointy. The name's Pointy. Mr. Pointy, if you're nasty. We did get a Principal Snyder sighting briefly uh, in the same scene that we got our Oz sighting. Yeah. Principal Snyder really, really wants to expel Buffy. Yeah, I put put that Snyder's having a bad day. Yeah, it was foreshadowing for season three, I imagine. Uh Uh-huh. Reminding us that Snyder is there and that he has other things happening. Yeah. I remember Snyder through the end of season three. I don't remember him. Toward like the middle. Gotcha. But he is—he's there for the rest of the sh- not the rest of the show, the rest of high school. Gotcha. They finally found the floppy disk. They did because Buffy had her vision or whatever. I guess that they didn't show us. Yeah, apparently Buffy had a vision of finding the floppy disk. Yeah. Of the pencil rolling off the table and finding the floppy disk, but we didn't know that she had this vision until. It happened. Yeah. Buffy said, oh, deja vu. And she made it happen again. And then they found the floppy disk. So that was strange. We can have four different angel flashbacks, but we can't see Buffy have a vision of the floppy disk. Unless it was in a previous episode, but I, I don't, don't remember so. that at all. I yeah. feel like we would have talked about it. I don't remember. They found it and they know what it is and Willow's going to try to restore Angel's soul. Yeah. So that leads us nicely into what is the correct thing to do? Do you kill Angelus, or do you restore Angelus's soul? Yeah. I don't say this very often. Xander kind of has a point. Yeah. He's done a lot of bad stuff. Maybe we should just get rid of him. That seems like the good thing for many people. And he did, you know, kill Jenny Calendar in cold blood. Right. Xander made a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. He did, and it was... It was a really good scene. I always forget how good Nicholas Brendan is until they let him be very good. Yeah, until they let him have something to hold on to. Yeah. Like, David Boreanaz and Juliet Landau, we already know are very good, but this Mm -hmm. episode just reminded us of how good they are. Mm -hmm. But Nicholas Brendan did have that moment, and it was great. And then Anthony Stewart Head started yelling. Giles got mad. It was a weird moment, but it fit, and it was was Mm -hmm. good. It felt like something that should have happened about five episodes ago, mm-hmm. but here we are. I was surprised when Giles so quickly jumped on, well, maybe this was her last wish, we should do that. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, no, 
No, Giles. I'm pretty sure you want... You want him dead. You want him dead more than you want to honor Chenny's last wish, which you don't even know. That's just something you said right now in the moment. Right. It's one of those things I think this would have made sense, him wanting to honor her last wish or whatever, if we would have seen him grieve more. Right. If we uh, Because we just did that entire swim team episode. Yeah. And there was nothing about yeah. any of them. And we don't know. He doesn't know. None of them know what Jenny's last wish was or anything like that. Yeah. We, the audience, know that this is what she was working on the moment before Angel found her and killed her. Mm-hmm. But that do- even then, it doesn't mean that it was her last wish was for Angel's soul to be restored so he could be tortured for all eternity. Right. We don't know if Jenny, if she was given the option, what she would have picked. Right. So they just kind of put that on Giles, I think, mm-hmm. so that that scene can happen. And mostly so that somebody, so that the authority figure can be the person who says, well, hold on. Maybe we don't kill him. Maybe we do restore his soul. Yeah. Because there's no reason to restore Angel's soul. No. There's no reason. Because... It's the harder thing. It's the thing they aren't even sure if it'll work. It's Mm -hmm. certainly the more dangerous choice. Mm -hmm. It's also the less moral choice. Because instead of killing him and ending him, you're choosing instead to throw Angel back into an endless cycle of torture again. Yeah. Which I mean... Theoretically never ending. Yeah. I mean, depending on even... I don't know. They say that because he has a soul and now he just remembers everything that he ever did and it's torture for him. But, like, he's brooding, but I wouldn't say that he's torture. No, but the the point is there. <laughs> yeah. Right? I get and, it. And he was tortured for he know, was. 90 years or whatever yes. and they made a point of that. Yes. Um, But you just kill Angel. Yeah. There's no reason to not kill Angel. Right. So I'm actually a little sad that I know what choice is going to be made because there's a TV show. We yeah. know what happens. I mean, we don't know. I don't know the specifics, but we. I know Angel gets his soul back somehow. Mm-hmm. So I'm a little sad that on the rewatch 20-something years later of this that you, you don't get that value. You don't get the actual surprise of what's going to happen. Yeah. And... Me knowing what happens, how the season ends, like, the way that people probably felt after the se- this season finale is insane. Because it ends, it's very good, and it ends in a way that makes sense, and is the only way that it could end. But, like, we know what happens later, but for the people who didn't when it happened... Right. Like, it would be so nice to have that. Have that yeah. moment of, um, you, we get that week of, between part one and part two, yeah. of wondering what's going to happen, yeah. uh, and it's very well set up for it, and the writers have done their jobs well, uh, and then at the end of season two, you would get to have that sit around and wait and wondering what's going to happen. Yeah. We don't get that as much with TV nowadays, I don't think. No. Because everything's bingeable. Right. I mean, and there's some stuff that you get that with, the ones that are actually, like, airing live on television. 
Right. Obviously, Game of Thrones. We got that, especially once Game of Thrones moved past uh, where the books were written. Nobody knew what was going to happen yeah. next. That is more the exception to the rule now. Oh, yeah. It seems like because the internet is full of spoilers. And it's so, so easy to find out on purpose or accidentally what happened or to binge through or to watch four episodes at a time, stop for a month, come back and watch another four episodes. TV's just in a different spot. Yep. There was one thing in this episode that was worse than David Boreanaz's Irish accent. Okay. And that was Sarah Michelle Gellar's Jamaican accent. I honestly didn't even hear it well. Because it happened very briefly, and I'm sure it was supposed to be bad. I'm sure it was supposed to be bad to go along with his, but it was so brief and so bad that I almost didn't even know she was trying to do it, except the subtitles pointed it out. Oh, I imagine it wasn't to go along with David Boreanaz's bad accent. I imagine it was a racist comment. I mean, maybe. (laughs) Apparently now we know Kendra was Jamaican. Yeah. Which, like, now that I listen to the accent, yes, it makes sense. If I hear that accent and it's not what I'm thinking of, then... I would have to go back and listen, but I don't think it's the same accent. I think it's changed. Not a lot. Oh, I think it's the same. Okay. Maybe I'm just misremembering things, but it sounded different. It sounded more specific. Gotcha. Maybe that's also the point. Yeah, they said, hey, you're coming back. We're going to nail some things down. Yeah. People were confused when this episode came out. Or just that, oh, now she's out and about and interacting with other humans because she met Buffy and realized she wanted to be social. Yes. They really did try to make younger Buffy look younger. They put so much hair on her. She has so much hair. <laughs> um, and the jacket yeah. kind of sold it a little bit. Yeah, the hair and the hair and the hairstyle made her look like a baby. Yeah, they really tried to make her look like 13, 14. Yeah. And they put her in clothes that were loose enough to make her not look as womanly. But also tight enough to still make her look like a teenager. Yeah. Like, it was super deliberate. It was very deliberate. It might be the best costuming choice they've made on Buffy. uh, Because they had to be so specific about it. Although her costume at the end was also very good. That coat is... The blue coat. It's a very good coat. Um, I want that coat. I also really like that she's not in pure white for the finale anymore. And now we're getting into, like, design theory and color theory. But uh, blue is a very good choice. That shade of blue is a very good choice. It's a strong choice um, for everything that needs to be done in these episodes. And uh, I don't know how much time elapses in part two of this, but it'll be interesting to see how they treat that coat because so much of that coat will represent what Buffy goes through in the next episode. Mm-hmm. It'll be interesting to see what they do, do to it. But while we're on the subject of costumes, Drusilla's costume is incredible. Yeah. 
It's well, it's like so, velvet. It's so good. Well, it is. I want to touch her costume just because I want to know what parts of it are velvet. <laughs> right? Because you don't know. Because it, all of it looks rich, but it can't all be that rich. Yeah. Um, but the costume is so good because the, she's got that red dress. Yeah. That's corseted. That's corseted. So it's a throwback there. Um, but it also has like almost little flames uh, throughout it that almost turn into flowers. It's a very specific pattern choice and it fits perfectly. But now she has the hooded cape mm-hmm. that is velvet and red on the inside. Uh, like it looks like it's black velvet on the outside and like red satin on the inside, but the red kind of comes and goes. Mm-hmm. It's just so good. Yeah. Like the des- the design aspects of that costume, that costume and Buffy's costumes, they're so good in this. Mm-hmm. That I'm like willing to forgive some of the many of the past costuming atrocities that have been committed on this yeah. show. And the fact that um, Xander's shirt had to be too big for him so that they could break his hand. <laughs> yeah, because that happens. Yeah, because his if you re- notice when they broke his hand, the um his sleeve is like all the way over his hand. Yep. And it had to so his shirt had to uh-huh. be too big so that they could break his hand. Yep, that's how you do that though. You just hide it in the shirt. Just Yeah. And it's going to be a quick shot and a quick cut so you can get yeah. away with it. That's how you do it. Yeah. But that's a part that like it happened. I was like, "Oh, that's like a vivid." Yeah. A vivid Buffy memory that I have is watching that vampire break Xander's hand. Yeah. Xander gets beat up a lot. There's also Another part that's real vivid in season seven that happens to him. It's terrible. <laughs> but also the cops show up at the end. Or theori- theoretically, theoretically, they're the cops. cops. It's someone with a gun. It's, yeah, it says freeze. It says freeze. We are supposed to believe it's a cop. I don't think it's a cop, but well, I guess we'll find out. There's also this whole thing with Whistler. Oh, yeah, Whistler. Let's talk about Whistler. Yes. Um, so this episode starts with a male voiceover that I thought was Oz because I knew it wasn't Xander or Angel or Giles. Yeah. And it sounds like it sounds like Seth Green yeah, with an axe. Like, yeah. It sounds like it's just Seth Green trying to do something specific. Yeah. Turns out it's not. Turns out it's this new character, Whistler, which I assume is going to become somewhat of a recurring character moving forward. Uh, Whistler is some sort of demon that... Uh, gets Angel out of uh, homeless life in New York, gets him to L.A., and basically gets him to watch over the Slayer. Mm-hmm. Not much more is revealed about Whistler so far. No, he helps him get blood. He hel- he basically helps him get his life together. Right. <laughs> He's this life coach for a second. <laughs> He's very good. It was interesting, though, because he talked a lot Mm-hmm. But we didn't learn much. Yeah. Which is not really how Buffy works when they're trying to give you lore. Usually it's like, okay, and here's the Giles monologue. Yeah. Here's everything you need to know. We're all on the same page. Let's go. Um, they kept him more shrouded. Yeah. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. And I read in the trivia that Whistler was supposed to be the sidekick for angel on angel but the man who plays him couldn't commit to that or whatever so it ended up they ended up casting doyle and the guy who plays doyle glenn quinn looks a lot like 
whoever plays Whistler. Gotcha. Do you have a favorite line from this first part? Yes. It was during the fish stick bit. Oh, after, the fish stick bit. After the fish sticks where Oz said, well, I thought it was riveting. I was a little unclear about some of the themes. Yes, because Xander is doing a recreation of Buffy's uh, graveyard fight, uh, complete with fish sticks and a uh, toothpick steak. Yep. It's delightful. It's riveting. It's wonderful. I really enjoyed uh, Spike's throwaway line of, that's a big rock. Can't wait to tell my friends. None of them have a rock this big. <laughs> James Marsters was in this very briefly, but every ounce of him in this episode was so good. He was very, very good in every little bit that he did. Like when Angel couldn't it couldn't get the sword out, he was like hysterically laughing without, without being distracted. Yeah, yeah, it was very good. It was very, very good. So that ends season two, episode twenty one of Buffy. Becoming part one, we're going to go watch part two. The end of season two. Yep. It's been a long time coming. Mm-hmm. We'll be right back. Oh boy. So that's season two of Buffy. It is season two of Buffy. So to recap, um Buffy's dead. Buffy's not dead. Buffy's so very dead. Spike won and Angela sent everyone else to hell. This is why they uh, at home need to watch it along with us. <laughs> Otherwise they don't know that right. I'm lying. Uh that was pretty good. As a yes. pretty good finale, much better than the first finale. Yes. Far superior to the end of season one. Yes. So you said that you remembered most of the first part as it was happening. I assume yes. you remembered this pretty well? Yeah. Basically all of it. There wasn't really anything that I didn't remember. I just had one question in my forgot box. And what was that? Why doesn't Angel remember? (laughs) (laughs) Everyone else can remember. Why can't Angel? I was so confused. But then I read the trivia and it was explained to me. It's not explained in the finale why he doesn't remember. No, not strictly explained. Yeah. In part one, they do show Angel being cursed. And in that moment, he doesn't remember. Gotcha. I did not... In the flashback with the Gypsy tribe? Mm Mm-hmm. In that moment, he gets cursed, and he's very confused. He doesn't know where he is. He doesn't know what's happening Mm -hmm. after the curse happens. Right. So that um, kind of played out in part two when Willow cursed him. Yep. So what actually happened was that uh, uh, Willow did some magic... Angel got his soul back. SMG actually got to do some acting because it was very soap opera. Yeah. <laughs> so she acted very well because it was soap opera. Yeah. Uh, and then stabbed Angel and the statue and theoretically both killed Angel and sent him to hell. Yes, because it was Angel's blood that opened or whatever the 
Yeah, whatever the ritual was that was needed to release Akathla, it was actually Angel's blood, which was the part that they got wrong the first time Angel tried to do it. Yeah. He was the key, so he was the key in unclosing it, I guess. Too. Yes, that's what Whistler said. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of different things we could talk about here. Um, <laughs> what was the rating? Yeah, we'll start there. Uh, so Buffy, Season 2, Episode 22, Becoming Part 2. Spike strikes an unlikely alliance with Buffy to keep Angel from destroying the world. 9.6. Yeah. I am inclined to agree. I gave it a nine. I liked it a lot. It was very good. It was well done. Yeah. And it was well written. Uh, I have some some small quibbles, mostly with the fighting, but even the things that I was unhappy with as far as the fighting went didn't detract from the fight still being good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The sword fighting was very good. And I remember it being very good, but any time it wasn't a close-up of one of the actors, you could see that it was their stunt doubles. Yeah, it was absolutely their stunt doubles, you could tell. Um, Which is great. Like, I'm glad that they got, they made their paycheck right. for this episode. But, like, maybe try harder to distinguish between them. Like, right. or, like blend them together. Like, it was It is very easier... Clear to hide Buffy's stunt double because of the long hair that is loose. Yeah. Because it's just long blonde hair and it whips around and it hides things. Right. But even then her hair was pulled back. Like it wasn't in a ponytail or anything, but it was out of her face. Yeah. That so was, it didn't get in her face very It could much. have been a little better. But yeah. Angel's hair was the dead giveaway. Mm-hmm. Because David Boreanaz has very, very good hair. The Angel yeah. hair is very good. The stunt double had a wig or less majestic hair. And he was Tanner. <laughs> there is also that. <laughs> Not many tan vampires. Yeah. And Buffy's... That's kind of the whole point. <laughs> right. And Buffy's stunt double is, like, leaner, if that makes sense. Like, she's more muscular and you could see that. Like, she's taller and leaner. She than carries Sam. herself differently. Yeah. And she... Yeah, you could just tell. Mm -hmm. And then there's the other problem with all of this, which is how are they both good at sword fight? I can get behind, okay, Buffy's been trained on a bunch of weapons, so she's probably held a sword before, and she's probably swung it around. Mm -hmm. She's not this good with it. She's not this natural with it, especially a sword that doesn't have a guard and you're concerned about cutting yourself. Yeah. Because that, that sword did not have a cross guard or not much of one. Mm-hmm. She does a lot of training in season three. Like, she does a lot of training with yeah, that's weapons and after stuff. this, though. Yeah. And then Angel, I could absolutely buy Angel being good with a sword. Yeah. A hundred years ago. Right. I guess it's like riding a bike, but it's been a hundred years. Right. I, I don't know. I think it's one of those suspension of disbelief yeah. things. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right, like... How is Angel still good at anything? He ate a rat a month for 90 years. Yeah. He forgot more than he ever learned. Yeah. His body forgot how to do things. It's been three years at this point. Right. Two years, maybe. Yeah. It's a shame that the show set all this up in such a way that it doesn't make sense for them to both be good at swords. Right. For this sword fight to happen. 
because it's a very well done fight. It's very good. The choreography is very good. The camera works very good. It told a story. It moved locations. And at the end, it was the thing that really moved the plot forward or ended the plot for the episode. It was mm-hmm. very, very well constructed. Right. Just maybe maybe get some better hair for the stunt double. Yeah. Xander's little speech to Willow when she is unconscious in her right like, before she comes to her like mini coma, I guess. Yeah, um, is very similar to one that he gives her in the season finale of season six. So it gave me feels. Gotcha. Because of that. Gotcha. I always forget until specific moments throughout Buffy that Willow and Xander are best friends. That they've been best friends since they were little. Mm-hmm. Because we didn't see that. Right. We didn't see that. And we see Buffy and Xander interacting all the time. We see Buffy and Willow interacting all the time. It's rare that we get to see Xander and Willow have that friendship and develop that friendship. Yeah, because that's not how they started on Buffy mm-hmm. Season 1, Episode 1. Yeah. If it was just Willow pining away. Right. And I mean, even in the, like, at the start, they had they had it clear that they'd been friends for a really long time. Right. And it was established and talked about, but not yeah. really shown. Yeah. So getting moments like this always remind me of that and... The friendship between Xander and Willow, and I really love the friendship between Xander and Willow. And then Willow wakes up and asks for Oz. Yeah. Who was in this episode. Who, yes. And even made a reference to the fact that apparently he'd missed some things. Yes. Which was just delightful. Yes. See, the writers have figured out that they can do a certain amount of tongue-in-cheek with this show, and that it helps the show. Yeah. To be able to do some of that, and then you just have to walk that really fine line. And more often than not, it feels like they fall to one side of it, or it's like, okay, this could be a little funnier, or okay, we get it. We yeah. get it. Right. Um, but I really nailed it on this one. Yeah, it always depends on who they give those lines to, too. Yes, please never give them to Buffy, ever. Yeah. If they, <laughs> ever, ever. If they give them to somebody like Oz, everything that Seth Green says is Oz is so genuine. That it just everything he says just sounds great, and you're like, yes. If you tell me that the world needs to end and we need to murder everyone in in our path, I'm gonna believe you because you're the most genuine character on this show. Right, you've thought this through, and you believe what you're telling me. Yeah. You want to talk about the cops? We can. Let's talk about the cops. So there's cops. Yeah. And there's also Principal Snyder. There is Principal Snyder, who is coercing with the mayor, or whatever word I'm looking for. What is he doing with the mayor? I don't know (laughs) what he's doing with the mayor. Speaking with the mayor? No, he's... Conniving with the mayor? Maybe that's the word I'm looking for. I don't know. Yeah. He's... Because he's in cohorts. Connecting with the mayor? He's in cohorts with the mayor. In cahoots? Cahoots, that one. (laughs) Words are hard. 
It's 10 o'clock at night. So there are guns drawn. The police do their job for the first time in the history of this program, in the history of Sunnydale. The cops actually try to do their jobs. Yes. They didn't even do their jobs the right way with Ted. No, which they never brought up in this episode, and they should have, because they took Buffy back to the station for murdering a human. Well, you see, I thought they did. Did they? Because one of the cops made a reference to, you have a history of violence. I assumed it was just based on what Principal Snyder said. That's possible, too. I don't know. But when I heard that line, I thought back to, okay, she has been handcuffed before. Yeah. I mean, I assumed it was she got expelled from her school, her previous school for burning down a gym. Multiple gyms, apparently. Multiple gyms. Because schools have multiple gyms. Yeah. So, well, it's in LA. So, I assumed it was a connection between Snyder and that. Gotcha. Because they could have very easily made the comment that... She was previously in jail for murdering another human being because she was. She was let go because they established that it was self-defense. Right. So they know things are up and then they find bodies and Buffy's clearly distraught. Mm -hmm. um, But they're trying to restrain her and everything. And then Principal Snyder butts his way in Mm -hmm. and makes everything worse. Buffy tries to run kicks a cop in the face. It's a good kick. But kicks a cop in the face and then there's like this dramatic beat of, oh no, they're shooting at Buffy. And I had the reaction. I mean, she shot one time. They shot one shot at Buffy and then they made the very dramatic call on the radio of description of Buffy armed and dangerous or whatever. Proceed with caution. Person of interest. Suspect. Is dangerous. Suspect is dangerous. Or whatever. Something like that. But it was this very dramatic moment, and oh no, Buffy's on the run from the police. I'm like, yeah, what did you think was going to happen? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm always very confused, though, by the need to shoot her, pull her guns to shoot at her, because she didn't have a weapon, and she, all she was doing was running away. Suspect assaults an officer. They think she's killed at least one person, maybe two. Right. And then she's, they tell, they're told by the authority figure, the principal, that she's dangerous and has a history of it, and they talk about it. Mm-hmm. And then she knocks one of the officers unconscious and then takes off. Mm-hmm. But apparently they have old-timey revolver guns. I mean, granted, it is the 1998. Oh, yeah. But it was a, like a six-shooter yeah, that, that was, they pulled out. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. oh, wait, that's the wrong gun. Right. That was the one that they showed at the end of it was part this, one. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Which actually made me think, because I was trying to figure out, you know, what the cliffhanger was going to be. And part of me wondered if that was Whistler. Oh. Because that very old gun would have fit his aesthetic. Yeah. It wasn't his voice, though. And obviously, it was the cops. Yeah. I think Whistler becomes Doyle. Like, there's a lot of everything that is Whistler, and they just tweak some stuff. 
and he becomes a completely different character on Angel. Gotcha. Is it the same actor? No. Oh, okay. No. That, I don't know who that guy was, but um, the actor who plays Doyle is Glenn Quinn. Okay. So it's a, the same concept, and they're able to tweak yes, it to work. The thing with the big difference is that Doyle is Irish. Gotcha. And has the accent. Because Glenn Quinn an actual, has the accent. An actual Irish accent? Yes, because Glenn Quinn is actually Irish. Not David Boreanaz's no, Irish accent. No, we get an actual Irishman playing <laughs> Doyle. talk about joyce always but she's my side uh, character shout out actually. all right there we go look at that segue <laughs> but i've pointed out the segue oh no it's too meta it's too meta okay what happened buffy finally tells joyce that she's the slayer and it goes about as poorly as you'd expect she's very confused but doesn't think that she's lying because she just saw a vampire get dusted right in front of her right she goes through the many stages of disbelief and rationalizing like Mm -hmm. within moments yeah i was very torn during that whole buffy joyce thing because for starters spike who we'll get to uh spike and joyce are just sitting in the living room and it's the funniest thing in the world um and it's a delight it's just wonderful so joyce is going through all of these phases of trying to figure out what's going on and rationalizing and everything. And it goes everywhere from you're my daughter. I love you. I believe you and everything to like, almost like you're going through something mm-hmm. language. It's just a phase. It's just a phase. You're just going through something to, uh, it's because your father left, isn't it? Or yeah. like she bounces around all of these different things, but there's a clear path through it. Yeah. For Joyce. Right. And, Nothing she says is getting a reaction, yes. so which leads her to eventually saying, if you walk out, you're never coming back. Like, yeah. the progression of Joyce from the moment she saw the vamp get dusted to telling Buffy not to come back made 100% sense because mm-hmm. you could watch it. It was escalating and escalating and escalating, and it was very, very well written, and it was well done, and she pulled it off, and it was great. The other half of all of this was Buffy, and that was bad. Mm-hmm. Because it was filled with slang, all of Buffy's lines there. Okay. It was like, it was 90s slang, but it was also vampire slang. And it just felt like the writers weren't giving Buffy a good enough chance to explain things to her mother. Yeah. She wasn't trying to explain. She was more just trying to... She was trying to tell versus explain. Yeah. She didn't use good descriptions she was using slayer terminology like she kept calling herself the slayer and this is just what this means and you just have to understand and she's just yeah like very one note for this whole thing it was the first time i've had this thought in this show i think it's the first time that i felt like i'm watching an actor trying to play their character and the writers think that the character is something different 
Mm-hmm. Because I'm watching Sarah Michelle Gellar try to have this connection as Buffy with her mother, mm-hmm. who we know, she, you know, there's the connection, they care about each other, and they've been growing closer over the yeah. season. And we're watching Sarah Michelle Gellar try to figure out how she can make this connection still happen, but the writers think something else should happen. Gotcha. Like, the writers have the final line of Joyce in their head of, if you walk out that door, you're not coming back. And they wanted to get to that moment, and it felt like SMG was trying to really have this good moment and try to explain things, and she wanted something else to happen, and the writers went a different way with it. Right. Like, it's the first time, like, I feel like I've watched on this show an actor, like, fighting a having an instinct that the writers did not back up. Gotcha. Which is not something I thought I'd ever say about Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Mm-hmm. Right? That there's that much depth. Right. I mean, when you've done it for however many episodes, like... Yeah, I mean, at, at this that, point, it's 34 episodes. Yeah. Like, at this... You've done it for that long, for two years... I yeah. guess a year and a half, technically. But it's but... the same writing team. Yes. I mean, I well, assume mostly the same writing team. It said that Becoming Part 1 and 2 were both written and directed by Joss Whedon. Of course they were. He's so... not going to let anybody else do these. Are you kidding yeah. me? Nobody else. Right. Like, if you're playing this character but at for this long, at this point, like, you know... How they would react to basically everything. Sure. And what they and, would do. Especially for some of the bigger moments, too. Mm-hmm. Like, it, her dialogue choices made me wonder if the dialogue for Buffy got changed after she'd initially read it. Like, they did the read-through... And SMG got to lean a little bit more into trying to have that connection. Yeah. And then the director decided not to. And it was like, you know, rewrites day of or something. Like, it just felt slightly off, the whole thing. Yeah, I I see what you're... I see what you're saying. Because I definitely felt like Sarah Michelle Gellar acted her butt off in that scene. And she did very well. And she worked really hard to get to where she needed to be and get Buffy to have, especially at the end where after Joyce tells her if she walks out the door not to come back, you could see the light, like the, like the thought process in her brain. Yes. You could see it happen on her face. It was, it was good. She did a good job. I'm not (laughs) saying she didn't. She actually like SMG acted really well in this episode. A lot of it was soap opera, which she's good at, so they could lean into yeah. it. But it just wasn't quite what I think she wanted to do. Yeah. So she had to work really, really hard to make someone else's vision come true, and it wasn't what she thought should happen. Yeah. Which is different in episode three, or is different in a movie. But like you said, mm-hmm. 30-something episodes into this, yep. I bet it's the moment that we look back on where Buffy started belonging to SMG starting here, mm-hmm. and not Joss Whedon. I'm sure. Because this is we've reached a point where it's, okay, who actually knows this character better at this point? Mm-hmm. The, the writer or the person who's played her for almost two years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But Catherine Sutherland, top-notch. Top-notch. Great episode. 
Especially her scene with Spike. Let's talk <laughs> about Spike. I'm putting it on record that I have a new favorite character. <laughs> His name is Spike. He's the best. He's my favorite. And it's not just because he's a snarky vampire. It's not just because he's British and he's got the accent. It's not just because he, yes, anded Buffy's band comment so well <laughs> because he did. He did. He did. She, she plays, plays the triangle. Drums. Yeah, the drums. She hits those skins real hard. Like, he just went <laughs> so well with it. They're, like, you didn't even see, like, the... The thought process. It was so good. Spike is, in fact, my favorite, though, because he is, in fact, a Manchester United fan. And he (laughs) wants the world to continue so he can keep watching his Red Devils. (laughs) And I'm a fan. Let's get behind it. I'm good. Mm -hmm. I will give a slight history of Manchester United at this time, at this point in time. So this was 1998. Um, Manchester United was in the run of several years of winning a lot of trophies and a lot of competitions in like four or five years. like, And they were winning multiple awards a, a year, and it was an insane run. Like, they were a dynasty at this point. And mm-hmm. then he makes this joke in May 1998 when this episode comes out. And then the following year, Manchester United wins the treble, which is winning the Premier League uh, winning the English Cup, and then also winning the European Championship, which had never been done before in the history of soccer. Ever. So I am happy because, theoretically, we should get more Manchester United jokes from Spike, and I'm very excited <laughs> because they only got better. Mm-hmm. So what was your favorite line from this part? From this part? part um actually was in the scene with Joyce and Spike and Buffy where she says I mean have you tried not being a slayer (laughs) because it was not even the line itself it was the delivery of the line and that whole scene at least that's like part of the scene might have been my favorite in the entire episode because Buffy and Spike are literally, like, constructing this plan, and Joyce just keeps interjecting these ridiculous lines about Buffy being a slayer. And, like, sometimes Buffy will respond, but most of the time she did not. Yeah, and she's not antagonistic. No. At all. She just cares so much. She's just asking these questions. Right? She's (laughs) just trying to learn and understand. She just wants to get it. She just wants to know what's going on. Yes. It's very good. The last time I tortured someone, they didn't even have chainsaws. <laughs> Thank you, Angel. The great line. That was also a really great part. Really dark. I really like to torture people. <laughs> last time. They didn't even have chainsaws. It was great. Thank Which and then much, they threw Angel. back to it later because he kept trying to torture Giles and nothing was happening. He talked about, Giles talked about doing the ritual in a tutu. And, mm-hmm. and an angel over his shoulder just says, get me the chainsaw. That's very good. Very, very good. So the episode does end with Buffy has been kicked out of her house. Uh, theoretically, she's been expelled. Mm-hmm. Uh, she is on a bus headed away from Sunnydale. 
Uh, Xander has a broken wrist. Giles has his fingers in splints. Willow is in a wheelchair. Uh, Cordelia is ignoring dress code. And, and the weather. And the weather. I don't know. I'm confused. What is the weather? And Angel is dead slash in hell. Yep. Also Oz. Oz is good. He's fine. He's still a werewolf. I would like to point out, though, that um, I think Oz fails. His senior year? Yeah. Because this was his senior year. Mm-hmm. Yep. And he doesn't talk about graduating. I would not be surprised if they just don't mention it and hope that people forgot. Which is fine when the show's coming out weekly mm-hmm. and then you're not watching it all at once, right? Yeah. It's fine. You forget these little throwaway lines. You forget the little bits of information because they're not important. Mm-hmm. Like, what grade Oz is in ultimately doesn't matter in the plot to restore Angel's soul or kill him. Like, no, doesn't it matter. doesn't matter. matters <laughs> to us because right. we're going to keep on that stuff. Right. few more things to run down Buffy season two um, apparently the Avengers disguise of the black beanie and black leather jacket did not originate with the Avengers no I, I honestly don't know what you're talking about but I think it happened in Civil War and I think Steve Rogers did it and they just put on the leather jacket and they oh, put the black gotcha. beanie on and all of a sudden nobody knows that they're a superhero Buffy did that in this episode while she was on the run. Will someone please teach SMG how to push someone up against the wall and choke them? This is not the first time I have wanted to say this. I've said this earlier. Mm -hmm. Please, someone. Phrases that would not be used if this episode was made today. Uh, Spike did say... That they would have a gay old time. Yeah, I mean, it might still be used today simply because... He's British, British, and from a different time. Sure, sure. Angel doesn't sound like he's from the 1700s, though. No, but Angelus specifically adapts. I think that's the point of Angelus. Why is the duffel bag of weapons still in the crime scene? I mean, why is that crime scene not crawling with cops? Yes. Because as somebody who listens to and watches a lot of true crime, the murderer 90% of the time goes back to the scene of the crime. So, like, the scene of the crime would be crawling with cops because likely she'd go back there, which she did. (laughs) You know, sometimes things just make too much sense. Um, However, as Principal Snyder did observe... The cops in Sunnydale are deeply stupid. (laughs) Yes. His words, not mine. However. Didn't she call him a troll at the beginning of this episode? (laughs) Yes, she did call him a troll. 
there was a brief moment where I had a knee-jerk reaction to wanting to uh, help a humane shelter when the Sarah McLachlan song started playing. Oh, yeah. It was not that Sarah McLachlan song, but it was a Sarah McLachlan song. Mm-hmm. And apparently they all sound similar enough. She has a sound. Yeah. That it evokes certain imagery now that it did not evoke in 1998. Yeah. We've talked a lot about consequences mm-hmm. in the world of Buffy. Yeah. And how the show doesn't have them. Mm-hmm. I am cautiously optimistic that maybe there will be consequences for their actions for season three. There's maybe. been enough set up for Willow, for the mayor, for the principal, for Buffy having to make changes, for things having to be different. Joyce knows now. Yeah. Things have to change. Things have to be different. Right? <laughs> Maybe, I mean, I don't, what consequences are you anticipating? Well, so I'm thinking about Willow specifically, because I know Willow eventually goes dark, and that's a whole thing. Um, however, all of Willow's uh, uh, magical prowess can be talked back to a bookshelf falling upon her, apparently. <laughs> she didn't cast the curse correctly the first time. She was interrupted. Yeah. But after she got her noggin knocked around a little bit, apparently she got possessed by the spirit of magic, spoke Latin real scary and real good, and Angel has a soul again. Yeah. So we'll see if there's consequences. Uh Uh-huh. I'm not holding my breath, but maybe there will be. Also, Giles was tortured. Yeah. We didn't see any of the torture. We did not. Apart from Drew turning into Jenny. Mm-hmm. Further cementing Drew as the scariest character on this show. Yeah. Because Angel might torture you, but you know he's going to torture you. Yeah. Drew's going to hand you a puppy and then slit your throat and then turn you into a vampire and then kill you again. Yeah. And laugh while she's doing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. is great. Drusilla's incredible. So... Season 2 is coming to an end, and Scoreboard, the Cordelia kidnap count, which we have all forgotten about at this point, yeah, sits at four and a half. Yep. Not six. But those four and a half happened in like the first like ten episodes, yeah. right? <laughs> and you know what? I've been thinking about this. You know what happened? Hmm. Xander happened. Xander mm-hmm. and Cordelia became a thing, and then Cordelia couldn't get kidnapped anymore because Xander couldn't be the hero. So mm-hmm. it's really Xander's fault. It's Xander's fault that the plot device of Cordelia being kidnapped stopped being a plot device. Yep. Maybe once they inevitably break up, the plot device will return. Yeah. I'm also wondering if because Joss Whedon decided that Cordelia needed to go to Angel, they needed her to change drastically yeah to get stronger or whatever what was your favorite episode this season i don't know but nothing's gonna top hyena possession i mean that was season one that was season one my favorite was hmm, i don't know i don't know what my favorite one was because 
there were parts of different episodes that I really enjoyed, mm-hmm. but every I don't think I had one that I was like, nope, this whole thing might maybe it was school hard. Mm-hmm. It might have been school hard when Spike attacks the school. His first episode. His first episode. Drusilla's first episode. Yeah. That might be it. Gotcha. Because all the other ones that I'm thinking about, like I didn't. I know Halloween is well loved as an episode. I didn't particularly like it. Um, I thought I would enjoy the Giles stuff more than I did. Oh, I did like Lie to Me, though. I did really like Lie to Me. That I think it's Lie to Me, actually. Now that I'm looking at the episodes, I think it was Lie to Me. Because the plot line with Ford was really good. Mm-hmm. And that was really well done. They walked that line really, really well. Um, and because it was soap opera, SMG got to act. Uh-huh. So, it was good. Ryan predicts poorly. Ryan predicts that we will not return to Buffy next week. I mean, yeah. We won't. Uh, We're going to take a week off from Buffy, watch something else, get a little palate cleanse before we come back to season three, one season closer to Angel. We're only one season away. I'm very excited. Very, very excited. Do you have a prediction for season three? Uh, Season three, um, there will be at least seven expulsions. Seven expulsions? Yes. Okay. It's senior year. Yeah, it hasn't been great so far. Yeah, it's senior year, which means that we have minimally prom and graduation. Yeah, prom has to happen, graduation has to happen. The test episode has to happen where if you don't pass this class, you won't graduate. And you have to pass this test to pass mm-hmm. this class so you graduate. And I assume that'll be Xander. Probably Buffy also. but Well, Buffy just got expelled, so. There's that. But I know that she eventually comes back and works at the school. So <laughs> apparently her record gets wiped clean. Well, that's it for this episode of I Missed It. You get a long one because it's the finale of a season. You can find us on Twitter at I Missed It Pod. Check out our network, ghostlightmedia.net. And check out the Patreon there. Without the support of which, this show would not exist. And the tier that gives you access to the bonus episodes for the network is something you should check out this month, especially because... We just dropped a bonus episode. Leave us a five-star rating and review over on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you listen to us on. That would be great. Well, that'll do it for us. I'm Ryan. And I'm Brittany. And don't forget that in the end, the yellow floppy disk will always come through for you. But only the yellow one. But only the yellow one.
This has been a Ghost Light Media production.